we're going to start a new unit this quarter. And today, the overall arching theme for the next um, three months will be people of valor. But in particular, this um, unit this month will be acts of courage, acts of courage. And we're going to talk about courage. And um, uh, our authors have uh, uh, prepared some wonderful lessons for us. Um, uh, as we go through the summer months uh, uh, in the Old Testament, I know some of you are just overjoyed, you know. So we're going to uh, talk about this because uh, this is a very powerful lesson uh, this morning because uh, uh, it's not what it appears to be. And uh, we will see if we can get some nuggets out of uh, uh, this <coughs> lesson entitled Joshua Commands the Son to Stand Still. And it comes out of the book of Joshua, chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. And we're going to get started and see uh, this lesson. How does it apply to the overarching theme of courage? Uh, Joshua commands the son to stand still. Y'all run that past your mind right quick, because I got a question for all of y'all, and I'll be extra hard on uh, uh, former seminary students, preachers, deacons, and people filled with the Holy Ghost. So I'm, 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 I'm coming at you this morning, all right? Joshua chapter 10, verses 1 through 15. Joshua the leader Moses is going on and Joshua now is leading uh, the people of Israel to uh, uh, that land in which God has promised and God and God has been so gracious and so good and so mighty in the life of Joshua and the people of Israel as they make this trek. Uh, Brother Davis, you, you see them, you see them uh, just moving on victory after victory. And then when they get the big head, they have a defeat. Uh, but, you know, there's no failure in uh, God. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Sister Hollis, I said it. Uh, there's no failure uh, in God. Uh, and, and sometimes, uh, Minister Brown, you have to live uh, a while before you really fully understand what that's all about. Uh, the old preacher down at Savannah in Marion, Texas, um, uh, used to say, uh, Brother Newsom, uh, just keep on living. If you say you've never seen that before, uh, you never done it this way, you never heard of that, uh, you never felt that way, uh, just keep on uh, living. I see him now under those uh, black framed glasses as he would pour out his heart in the pulpit. Uh, talking about the trials and tribulations, the victories, uh, uh, the seemingly sometimes defeat. You know, life just happens. But uh, one of the things that, um, that I've learned in this life is that um, you got to be courageous in living. Life is not for chumps. Yeah, I said it. Uh, life is not for the faint-hearted. This life, uh, because the Word of God says, Sister Ogletree, there will be trials and tribulations. 
you know, everything is going on fine. You're up and running. You're independent. You're doing your own thing. You're helping everybody. You know, you help people that don't even need help. You know, you just run, 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 do, do, do. And all of a sudden, you can't do it no more. What 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 do you do uh, when you've done all you can? Well, Donnie McCurpin would say you take a stand. And that stand normally is a, uh, associated with courage. It takes courage to stand in the face of adversity. The children of Israel uh, suffered a defeat at AI and God uh, uh, rewarded them with a victory. But he showed them, you know, it's not by your might that you're doing all of this. It's by God's might. And then we get to this chapter 10. And the authors, Sister Ogletree, have the audacity to put this under the courage section of teaching. I I know this lesson. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, it's out of chapter 10, Joshua chapter 10, Deacon Newsom, that what is considered the greatest sermon ever preached was preached out of Joshua chapter 10. And it was preached by uh, a slave, a former slave out of Virginia. And he, uh, Reverend Jasper, he, uh, he preached this and he titled his sermon, The Sun Do Move. And, and, and despite being barely literate uh, after, uh, before conversion, I think it was only, he had learned to read only seven months earlier, he uh, preached what is considered by Spurgeon, by all the great theologians, that uh, despite his imperfections in the English grammar, in the usage of the English grammar, this was a dynamite sermon on the Sun Do Move, where he challenged the scientific minds of the day. And he challenged them in a way that I would say that uh, every Christian, every born again Christian needs to challenge the culture of the day. And here's how he did it. Y'all ready? You ready to take notes? Here's how he did it, Sister Davis. He trusted God. (laughs) He trusted the word of God. Whenever, what the lesson, if you don't get anything out of this lesson today, get this. You can always trust God. Trusting God requires courage because the culture is always counter to God. And every generation has been faced with the issue of what does the word of God say versus what does culture say? And that's what life is all about. Do you do culture or do you do God? Um, Y'all, y'all, what what a blessing today. Because Brother Joshua is just going to step in off the pages of uh, biblical history here, Brother Key, and show you that 
you need to trust God no matter what. And you know, it's really easy to trust God when things are going well. But what happens when your whole life is falling apart? That all your dreams and aspirations are about to be disrupted. Do you trust God then? Is there anything, and I didn't ask this question, Minister Brown. As a matter of fact, it was asked long before I was born. But there was a certain uh, young lady in the Bible who went on uh, to prominence, who came out of obscurity and uh, 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 became very prominent simply because she asked the question, is there anything too hard for God? Is there any impossibilities in the realm of God? And if you trust God, if you trust the word of God, then you can answer affirmatively. There's nothing too hard for God. And so the, if there's nothing too hard for God, when the hardest things in life that come my way, I'm simply going to trust God. I can't rely on my, uh, 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 my mind. Deacon Newsom can't rely on his muscles. Uh, 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 sister, uh, uh, Mr. Brown can't rely on her uh, uh, spiritual uh, 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 propensity toward the natural things of life, even when the natural things of life come. You can't rely on that. You can only rely on God. You can only trust God. And that's what this lesson is about today. Forget about all the scientific mumbo jumbo, because remember, God is what? Omniscient. That word is omniscience. Matter of fact, God is all science. So, so when you take all of science, it's minuscule compared to God, because God created the science. And so don't let that throw you off and don't let that be the focus. As a matter of fact, if, if I had organized the lesson today uh, and, and I just had to use uh, this particular uh, passage of scripture, I may not have put it under the unit of uh, men of courage because I want you to see can anybody, before I even start here, and I realize this is a long prelude this morning, but I, I, want, I want to show you that it's maybe not be what you think it is. Because I would have put this section under prayer. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me this morning. I didn't see any of the prayer warriors shouting. And y'all should have been shouting because that's exactly what this lesson is about. It's about courage to pray. Courage to pray. Come, come with me. Uh, uh, let, let, let me see. Uh, uh, about, uh, Sister Randall, Sister Randall. No, Sister Paulette Lovelace. Paulette Lovelace, I, I, I need you to give me just one verse to get me started. Uh, verse one. 
Now it came to pass when Adani Sadek, king uh -huh. of Jerusalem, had heard how Joshua had taken, is that I? AI. Mm -hmm. AI. And had utterly destroyed it as he had done to Jericho and her king. So he had done to Ai and her king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. Understand the backdrop to this is that uh, Israel uh, had experienced some success, uh, had uh, completely destroyed uh, some enemies in the territory on their march to uh, Canaan. And uh, along the way, they had been somewhat deceived into making a treaty with these people of Gibeons. And, uh, and, and Gibeon, uh, the Gibeonites, uh, they, they, were, uh, uh, they were really Hittites uh, that, that lived in the region, but deceived Israel into, uh, 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 into believing that they were foreigners and not of the region. And so they formed an alliance with them. And in that alliance, uh, Gibeonite was a great city. They were fierce warriors. Uh, but in the surrounding area were a, a, a group of fellows, uh, uh, Brother Davis, that uh, we're going to be introduced to here in a minute. Uh, there, were, there were these five kings, uh, uh, Amorites. Uh, 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 no, not related to the Shalites. These are Amorites. End of the fierce warriors, thugs spiritual thugs, and, and they were wreaking havoc uh, uh, in the, the region. And one of the things that, that, that you will see here is that in the, in, the, in the succeeding verses is that they're going to form an alliance, Ethel, uh, to come together against the Gibeonites because they heard of this covenant or this alliance that they established with the children of Israel. You know, fear will make you do some crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Fear, isn't that, uh, as a matter of fact, it was Will Parthen years ago. I can't, I can't even remember the, the full, but it says, fear is a false expectations appearing real. That, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. False expectations appearing real. You will hurt yourself thinking that something is real that is not real. Now, these five kings could have gone on by, them, by themselves and they would have been all right. But they decided that they were going to come against these Gibeonites and these children of Israel because they had formed an alliance. And it was just the fear of what they would do. The false expectation that appeared real that made them act. But fear will cause your utter destruction. Hmm. That's why the most uh, familiar phrase in all of the Bible is fear not. Fear will mess you up. So it's Paulette, give me verses two and three. That they feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, as one of the royal cities, and because it was greater than Ai, and all the men thereof were mighty. 
Wherefore, Adani Sadek, king of Jerusalem, sent unto Hoham, king of Hebron, and unto Piram, king of Jarmuth, and unto Jephthah, king of Lahish, Lahish and mm -hmm. unto Deeper, king of Egyam, saying, what did he say? He said, come up unto me and help me that we might smite Gibeon, for it hath made peace with Joshua and with the children of Israel. See, y'all thought I was fooling you, Sister Taylor. I, 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 Sister Dorothy, I, I know you thought that things need don't know what he's talking about. I'm telling you, this is what happened. These folk, they feared something just because people got together. It's amazing the people that will come together to try and stop you. The people that will allow themselves together just to stop you. It's some strange bedfellows. When you, the people that will come, people that ain't got no business being together will come together to try and stop the things of God. Now you say, well, how does that apply to today, Brussney? Well, let me tell you how it applies to today. There are people that have joined forces together that ain't got no business together. There are people of God who have aligned themselves politically with certain folk that ain't got no business being together. Oh, I know what I, I know what I'm talking about. But just because you are afraid of God's people and what's happening. You've got to remember one thing. Th those who would want to farm this life. God is still God. He's sovereign over all creation. And he has declared he will be with his people. He had already declared he's going to be with Israel. Why would you go over there messing with those? You know, the Gibeonites, okay, I get it. But when Israel and the Gibeonites get together, you know what you say? Peace, brothers. We're going to go somewhere else. But sin does not know when to quit. But we have a remedy for sin. And I would suggest to you today, it's courage in prayer. Come, come with me, come with me, come with me um, in verse five. Um, I'll read verse five and uh, Sister Davis, uh, get ready for verse six, Sister Davis. Verse five, therefore, the five kings of the Amorites, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jamar, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, gathered themselves together and went up they and all their hosts and encamped before Gibeon and made war against it. Sister Davis. And the men of Gibeon sent unto Joshua to the camp of Edom, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. So, 
there was a plaintive plea. These Gibeonites, these wood carvers, that's what they were going to be for the Israel, uh, children of Israel, uh, Sister Cora. They saw this, these five great armies camped outside their, their territory. And now they send for help from Joshua and the children of Israel. So when Joshua heard that they needed help, he moved out. Now, he moved out knowing that he was going up against five strong Amorite kings. You know what that takes, Minister Brown? That takes faith and courage. But you get your faith and courage from your trust in God. Amen. You know, uh, James says, faith without works is dead. Uh, I, 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 I'll say it like this. God does not move a parked car. Because he's commanded us to go, Sister Taylor. <laughs> he's commanded us to be on the move. Immediately, Joshua gets up. He starts marching. It's about 25 miles. And he's marching. I mean, they are marching. They're going to march all night long, 25 miles, to reach this encounter because of a covenant relationship, because they had a covenant with the nation of Gibeon. And so they responded to a plea. Now, if men, mere men can respond to a cry for help, don't you think our God will respond to a, 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 a cry for help, I tell you most certainly. And the, and, the, and the glorious thing about this is that you can trust him, Sister Marshall, always to respond. God is always on the move. Ain't nothing parked about God. Uh, uh, Joshua immediately got on the move and he went down, sent it from Galgar. And the Lord said unto Joshua, don't you fear them. This, this is God talking to Joshua now. I don't want you to have any fear. I've already delivered you into thine hand. Thou shall not a man of them stand before thee. Joshua, be of good courage. You cannot fear. Fear will make you make disastrous decisions. Fear will have you doing stuff you're not supposed to be doing. You're moving, you're ministering, just as I've called you to do. I'm with you on this. And because I'm with you, there's not a one of those uh, Amorites that will exist after their encounter with you on this occasion. That's a promise from God. And that's a promise that you and I have, that there is nothing too hard for God 
There's nothing that's going to come into our lives where God is not going to gently tell us, fear not. I've already given you victory over this. Why are you scared about something that you've already conquered? Oh, y'all don't hear me. God talks to Joshua in this manner. Encouraging, hey, I'm glad to see you moving. It shows that you, you, you're faithful. And now I'm going to give you a promise. On this day, because you are faithful, I'm going to reward your faithfulness. There's not a one of them that's going to stand. Sister Davis, next verse. So Joshua ascended from Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. Yeah. And the Lord said unto Joshua, Hear them not, for I have delivered them into thine hand. There shall not be a man of them stand before thee. Verse 9. Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all the night. Joshua. Sister Hollis moved out so fast <laughs> that the Amorites trying to figure, man, where y'all come from? He was on them. See, because when God has called you to do something, you will do it. When God has assured you, Rem Calvin, that he is with you, you know what you do? You move out. You move out. And you know what? You move out without even knowing exactly what the end's going to be. All you know is that God is with you. And that you are being faithful in what you're doing. And, and, and verse 9 there says, Joshua came upon them suddenly. And the Lord then, in verse 10, Sister Davis. And the Lord discomfited them before Israel and slew them with a great slaughter at Gibeon. And chased them along the way that goeth up to Beth Horan and smote them to Ezekah and unto Mecca. Oh, God put him on the run. I mean, he was wearing them out. And it says, and the Lord discomfited them before Israel. So it's not your might, Bobby. It's not your might, Sister Taylor. It's not your might, Gwen. I know you got it going on, Bogan, but guess what? It's all about God. It's about you doing you trusting God enough to say, I'm going. I have no fear. I'm just going. God is with me. And now God has told me that I'm going to be a victor. You can't help but do ministry. If God is with you and he's told you that you got the victory, that you're going to overcome any challenges, they had marched all night long, y'all. Do you imagine how tired they were to go 25 miles overnight? Oh, that's some booking. You hear me? That's some marching. But that's the way we ought to, we ought to always be enthusiastic and engaged and excited, passionate about what it is we need to do for God. When we know that God has caused something, God has ordained something, 
and God is doing something in our lives and it's encouraging us that we don't have to fear that the victory is ours. Well, here's verse 11. Here's verse 11. Sister Randall, can you give me verse 11? Verse 11. And it came to pass as they fled from Israel and were in the going down to Beth Oram, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them unto Azekah, and they died. They were more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. Now, Fred, I know you didn't believe me when I said it's all about God. You know, you're a traveling man all in the world. You said, wait a minute. You know, surely, you know, the pilot was driving the plane. No, I'm telling you, Fred, I, I'm telling you. When you go out there and get on that plane tomorrow, uh, when you get in that car tonight, you know what? It's all about God. It's all about God. Because let me show you. Notice, before we read at verse 11, before Sister Cora read verse 11, you were thinking, okay, uh, the, the Israeli uh, people were having a great, and the Gibeonites were having a great victory here. They, you know, they were killing off these uh, Amorites. But then verse 11 shows up and says, God sent hailstones, <laughs> Sister Ogletree, that kill more of the people than all the swords of this vast army of Gibeonites and Israelites. So while they kill a few, God killed even more. And you know what he did? He did it with hailstone. Hey, Fred, he took baseball-sized hair and he knocked their heads in. He killed them. He stoned them to death. And he killed more than the armies of the Gibeonites. Now, some of y'all saying, you know, I ain't never seen hell like that. Well, I'm gonna tell you what, if you don't believe every word in the Bible, you might see hell like that, all right? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and the one without the A, the one with the E. Because that, that's what it says here. You're either gonna trust what the word says, or you're not. I'm not gonna go try to figure out how, how big the hell stones had to be in order to kill that many people? I ain't got time for that. My little pea brain sister, Ogletree, ain't got time for that. Because guess what? I don't know how he did it, but I know who did it. Minister Brown, I know who did it. I don't know how. And as a matter of fact, I can figure that out after I get to heaven. Because that ain't important. All I know is that God did it. He said that they would get victory, and it appears that they have victory because they done killed up a whole bunch of these Amorites. Where my preacher's at? Ms. Brown, are you still there? Yes, sir, I'm here. I want you to read very slowly, verse 12. Read it like everybody on the Zoom ain't saved. Verse 12. Sister Brown? 
You on mute. I'm sorry. Then spake Joshua to the Lord. What? In the day, am I there? Am I good? Yes, you good. Then spake Joshua to the Lord. In the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel, and he said in the sight of Israel, Son, stand thou still upon Gibeon, and thou moon in the valley of Ajanon. Now, y'all heard Mr. Brown read that. Do you believe it? I just want you to think about that for a second. Because I want to show you why I would have placed this particular passage of scripture, Sister Overtree, under prayer. Because verse 12 is a prayer. Amen. Joshua is not speaking to the sun. Joshua is not speaking to the moon. It says, Joshua spoke to the Lord. That's prayer, folk. Joshua talked to God. And he says, Lord, there's been a great victory here. But Lord, the sun is going down. And the moon that cometh up, Bobby Key, it won't provide enough light for us to have a total victory, to finish the victory. Lord, you started me on this journey. Is there any way that you can keep me on this journey that will heal total victory? Y'all don't hear me. Y'all not excited enough. Because, see, you thought it was Joshua. You thought it was the army. Then I showed you it was the hailstone. But then it wasn't even the hailstones that's going to give them the ultimate victory. If you're going to have total victory in this life, in this walk, you've got to talk to God. Amen. You will have some victory. But to have total victory, that's what verse 12 uh, through 15 is teaching us. To have total victory. You've got to have the courage to talk to God. And remember, I just said prayer. Now, 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 now watch this. Watch, watch this, Mr. Brown. What he just asked God to do, I dare him. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're going to ask God to do something that hard? You're going to ask God to do the impossible? You're going to pray an impossibility? See, it takes courage to ask God to do something that he ain't never done before. <laughs> oh, y'all don't hear me? Oh. That takes courage. That's why the authors put this under here. That's how Joshua, in this particular case, we know he was a great warrior, but now we know he's a great prayer. He was a courageous prayer. He prayed a prayer that wouldn't many of us dare to do. And I, the question is why? This prayer that Joshua just asked, this request that God, that Joshua just made of God, how is that possible? You gonna make the moon stand still? You gonna make the sun stand still? And a lot of folk 
because of culture, Sister Ogletree, they won't believe this. But as a Christian, you've got to believe this. You know why? It's in the word of God. Amen. It says, and the Lord said. It says, and Joshua says. And it says, and the Lord did. This is the word of God. And you either trust the word of God. See, the issue is many of us don't pray prayers uh, that would give us total victory because we're afraid. We like the courage. And the first thing God always tells us is fear not. Don't have a false expectation about something that's appearing real. You think the problem is too big. You think the problem, I'm not going to bother God about this. I'm just going to struggle through this. Always me. No. Joshua says, I can't do what I need to do without your help, Lord. And the only way that I see, see, this is from Joshua's vantage point. The only way that I can see is if you give me some extra daylight today. If you stop the world from turning, if you stop the sun from moving, if you stop the moon from getting uh, from going where it's supposed to go at the time it's supposed to go, unless you stop it, I don't see no other way out of this. And you know what God said? <laughs> For him, God is saying, there's a thousand ways I could do this. But you ask me something from your perspective, anthropomorphically, you think. From man's perspective, this is something that can't be done. But Joshua, because you were bold enough to ask me to do that which has never been done before, that's a courageous prayer. Look at the response, Minister Brown, so we can get out of here. Go to church. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed. Oh, wait a minute. Stop. Please stop reading. What, what did you say? Did you read that right, Minister Brown? I thought you could read. Wait a minute. <laughs> and the sun stood still. And? And the moon stayed. Wait a minute. He asked God to stop the moon, stop the sun, and guess what? He did it. If Minister Brown is reading that right, it says that he did it. That which is totally impossible, that which is beyond your comprehension, that which culture says you are crazy to believe, God did it. I don't know how. I don't know how, but I do know who. I know that God is sovereign and there's nothing he can't do. Amen. And for all you naysayers that say, well, you know, I can believe everything, but I just can't believe that the world would just stop. You know, what about all the tidal waves and uh, the earth is uh, uh, tilted out of, out of off of its axis in order for it to stop? And uh, uh, if it stopped, what about all the other cataclysmic events that, that can happen as a result of this? That seems impossible. Wait a minute. Can I take you back to the book of Genesis? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God created, the, uh, uh, said, let there be light, and there was light. And there was light. Same God. And the spirit of God moved upon the earth, and the, the, the land and the waters were divided. You believe that? 
Wait a minute. Maybe you believe that 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 that, that there's a, 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 a bed of water that would allow millions of folk to walk across, and then when million, uh, others of his of their those million folks' enemies come across, they would drown. That impossible. Well, but, well, maybe I tell you. Let me move it to the modern time. Do Do you believe that God? can put on humanity, right. retain divinity, come down here, get on an old rugged cross, yes. stay dead three days, and then get up? Oh, you believe that? He did it. You believe it because you trust him for his work. You weren't there. Where, where was your infantile little mind? Where was your, your 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 finite mind when God was doing all these other things? And you can't believe this? I can believe it. Man. It's saying that Joshua trusted God. Sure. He trusted God to do what no one else could do. Because God was would do it, not for Joshua's glory, but for God's glory. You'll be surprised what God will do for his glory. And so you might as well ask him. Ask him to do, because the little old things that you and I think are impossible. Uh, uh, Father, Bring my child back home. Mm. That's a snap. You think it's impossible. You think that they're so far gone that they won't come back. Well, that's exactly how many saw you before you got saved. Is that you were so far gone that it was impossible for you to come back. But God did it. You're here. Start praying courageous prayers because if you have a need that requires intervention beyond any help that you can even fathom or the help that you can fathom but you don't know how it would be done pray because that's when you become a courageous prayer warrior when you can pray courageous prayers. Take us home, uh, Minister Brown. Until the people had, until the people had avenged themselves. Uh, verse 13, I'm sorry. Verse 13 first, 13 okay. and 14. And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Joshua? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven and has hasted not to go down about a whole day. Okay. And there was no day like that before it or after it that the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man for the Lord fought for Israel. And Joshua returned and all Israel with him unto the camp of Gilgal. The sun stood still, 
Israel got its total victory against its enemies. And verse 14 says, there has never been a day like that since. Have you ever prayed a prayer that God did something and it's never been done again? That's a courageous prayer. Oh, that, that was a mighty courageous prayer. Out of all the battles that Joshua fought and all of that, that was a courageous prayer because he says, God, stop the moon, stop the sun. Stop all of creation as it was meant to operate so that I can do your will, so I can do my assignment. I'm on assignment, God. I'm on your assignment. So I'm praying against the world would say, oh, the odds are against you. No, if the odds are against you, that's good. But if God is for you, that's much better. Because he prayed a prayer that caused an event that has never been recorded from that day to this day. And Joshua and the children of Israel went on back to Gilgal. Oh, it continues because the job uh, is not complete yet. These five kings will be destroyed. Their heads will be separated from them and hung up on a tree to display to the world that God is sovereign, that God is capable of doing anything and everything. But in everything, give thanks to God. That's why you can give, uh, uh, give thanks to God in everything, because God is a game changer. God is the one. God can change your whole perspective. That day, from that day on, Minister Brown, Joshua became a man that says, there ain't nothing I can't ask God for. Amen. Oh, y'all don't hear me. <laughs> and see, that's the kind of experiences that we want. We want, Sister Taylor, experiences with God that says, you know what? I can go to God for anything. I can go to God for anything. When you're in the will of God, you can go to God for it. That's why he can say, you can ask anything in my name and it shall be given. Anything. So, so, so the, 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 the thing about it is, here's, here's what's going to happen. He used that day and he hasn't done it again. And there's a reason for him not doing it that way again. But this thing about new normal, then Solomon declared there's nothing new under the sun. Man. Because God has done some things in your life they hadn't done for other folk. Amen. And it's all about you trusting him. Sure. It's not about what you know. Not, not about the fact that you know that the sun is 99.86% uh, uh, of the uh, total universe's mass. And that how could this be if this big old thing stopped? 
See, you can have that knowledge, but guess what? You can say, God put it there. God knows the mass. God, God lined it out. I'm going to trust God. When you trust God, you can become a courageous prayer. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer.